Joining us now on ESPN's Ball in the Real World podcast is a man that I've been hassling to do this podcast for maybe years, actually. Uh, we talk pretty regularly, yep. but uh, he's been pushing this back. I was finally able to talk him into a thon maker. What's going on, man? I'm good, Kane. How you doing, bro? <laughs> I am doing well, and I, I joke about that, but it is also kind of true. And we've it known each other for we, we've known each other for a few years now. And if people aren't aware, uh, when I first started doing this basketball stuff, I quit my previous career, just moved to Milwaukee, and I was like, let's see if we can figure out this basketball stuff. Let's see if you know I can get some work. And unfortunately yeah. for you, the bad news for you was is that I decided to move to Milwaukee, and you were playing for Milwaukee at the time, which meant that unfortunately <laughs> you had to put up with me trying to talk to you every single day. <laughs> And you never said no. You never said no. Man. <clears throat> nah, nah. I couldn't say no, man. You were such a nice guy. You always pulled up like you can read the room. You can kind of tell when guys are in a good mood and if it's a good time to approach somebody. And like as players, you appreciate that. Like you you kind of respect the the reporter even more. And I think I had that respect for you because like you just came to the room always smiling. Um, you know, you never gave us like any hassling questions that would, you know, throw off guard the, the players, especially post games and stuff like that. So the kind of, it kind of made it easy for us to communicate with you. So it, it was, it was smooth, man. I enjoyed those days. Uh, and that was that locker room specifically, you talk about if I was happy to be in there, I mean, I was happy to be in there because the team was winning at the time uh, yeah. and, and everyone got along so well. Uh, you are obviously super yeah. close with Giannis, but that locker room in general, if you think back, it was obviously a pretty fun time. Oh yeah, no, nah, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, I enjoyed it, I loved it in Milwaukee for sure. Um, missed most of my guys over there. It was really fun. I was so happy to see them win it the next year as well, uh, the 2020, uh, 21, right, twenty one season. Um, that was a, a special moment. Like that group that we had, the, the, actually the group before that when we had Beasley and those guys, yeah. was so much fun leading up to the winning days. And uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I can't, I can't trade that. That was, that was, that was too much fun. All right. We're going to walk through all this basketball stuff. Cause I, I mentioned this to you before we started that uh, a lot of people yeah. that I talked to um, because you moved around a little bit after that period of time, people always like, what's Thon doing? Is he coming back to Australia? Is he getting back into the NBA? So we're going to walk through all that stuff uh, before we yeah. do. I, do you remember, <clears throat> do you remember this? So uh, I don't know how I would describe this. Do you remember the Natala incident or the Natala argument in the locker room because I want to talk about this story. You're already laughing, so you you obviously remember yeah, yeah. this. I do remember. It. All right. So but, I'll just I'll describe. You go. You go. All right. You guys are wrong. Like the people that keep on saying Nutella, like it's Nutella. First, I grew up saying it Nutella, but when I got to Canada, everybody in Canada started saying Nutella. <laughs> and if you look at the spelling, that it's obvious at that point. Like it's not, you're making, you're bringing a different pronunciation. There's no accent on the U to make it Nutella. It's just a straight up U, right? And the first three letters, not you know, so Nutella. And that's my explanation for it. But everybody just kept on saying Nutella. <laughs> so this is obviously something that. So what happens after a game? People like me, other reporters are allowed in the locker room. So you finish the game, you go down, you talk yeah. to the coach, then you're allowed in the locker room. So the Bucks have just won. Everyone's in a good mood. We can hear some sort of carry on. 
guys are laughing, guys are arguing with each other. We walk into yeah. the locker room. Thon basically grabs me straight away and is like, Kane, you need to come here right now. He basically drags yeah. me over to the to Giannis's locker and he's like, Kane, tell Giannis how you say Natala. And I was like, Natala. And then Giannis started carrying on and saying that I was wrong. So in the end, it was a huge argument about how to say Nutella, basically me and Thon versus the entire locker room. And, the whole and, locker room, yeah. <laughs> and, and my, my point to Giannis was is, if you go to a baseball game, you're yeah. not buying a bag of peanuts. You're buying a bag of peanuts. <laughs> so it's Nutella. <laughs> and he wasn't buying it. He was looking up Google. So anyway, uh, that's the kind of stuff we used to get up to. But uh, that, was, that was one that I'll remember. Man, that was, that was fun. Like the, some people started... He, they started looking up potato, tomato, <laughs> tomato. <laughs> I was like, listen, it's not telling. Don't make it any more complicated than it needs to be. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get back on track here. So what, what are you up to right now, Thon? We know you, you finished uh, last season uh, with the Long Island Nets. You're playing in the G League. So uh, what does this offseason yeah. look like for you? And where are you right now? Um, I'm in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, my one legacy agency is, is located over here uh, with Mike George, and he's got his pre-draft clients over here. They, they get ready for the draft um, and, and, you know, summer league and stuff like that. So those guys are just working out daily, uh, and I'm jumping in with them. So I'm <clears throat> getting myself back in, uh, in the rhythm, staying in. We play a lot. We play a lot. Like we do a lot of uh, skill work in the morning and then play and then come back and shoot in the afternoon. I mean, in, in the evening, but we also lift in the afternoon as well. Um, you know, my time in Long Island, I really enjoyed it. Playing for Capes was, he's my guy, you know, since since uh, the World Cup uh, qualifiers uh, a few years before. And so I've known Capes for a minute. And, you know, when I went and played with those guys, it was really fun fighting to get into the playoffs, you know, eventually making it. But um, and then losing in that first game, I really wish the G League, this is another topic for somebody else, but they need to make it more than one game. So uh, that's my opinion. But that's that's uh, that, that was a good year, a good year uh, overall. Personally, I think so. Um, I played a lot, the most consistent I played in, in a while. And just to kind of play and get out there and just play is something I was missing, something I really, uh, truly enjoyed this past year. Yeah, how did you? Uh, how was that process to get to Long Island? Obviously, Adam was a big part of that, and and he was, had an yeah. extended uh, period here at the the Global Academy here in Australia and done lots of national team stuff. So, uh, was it him yeah. in the end that got you to Long Island, or why was that the team you decided to play for? Because there was a lot of talk, there was people excited back here that you were coming back here at some point, but why Long Island? Um, well, Long Island, he was the final decision maker. I had a few other teams that I narrowed it down to, uh, that I could have played with in the G league as well. Um, but initially I started with, uh, Jerusalem, Apollo Jerusalem and, you know, that didn't work out. So I came back. And so I kind of missed the beginning stages of the G league. And when I got to, <clears throat> got back here to the States and started working out, getting ready, um, you know, waiting for my visa as well to come through. And then when that came through, I was talking to Capes in, in, in the meantime. And he was just like, you know, this would be a great spot for you. And I trusted him immediately, uh, you know, uh, because of our prior history. But at the same time as well, uh, I was trying to get into a team that would possibly lead on to the playoffs as well. And, you know, the Nets being one of those teams would have been uh, a great fit as well. So I kind of saw that opportunity or something or some sort. And so when I got there, 
um, he just told me we're just going to build you up slowly. Um, it's not going to be like straight up 30 minutes, 40 minutes type things. We're going to build up slowly because I haven't played for a while consistently as well. And that's how, you know, guys get hurt. Um, but I trusted their plan. And when I got there, they had, you know, their vitamins set up. They had their schedule set up. Everybody, you could just insert any player into their daily routine and they would get better. And it would lead to the game. It translates in the games. And it, it sort of did for me as well. So can you just explain for people that may not have heard that before vitamins, when you say they had their vitamins set up, uh, what that means? Because I know that's a term that they obviously they, they do use in Milwaukee, but but what do you mean by that? Yeah. Vitamins uh, is a new word they started using. Now, it's basically your daily intakes of workouts. So kind of like literally when you take your vitamins daily. Um, but in terms of basketball, is is it consists of your team's identity. So as, uh, as per each player's position. So for me, as a big, we would have go-tos that we have to do every single day, checkpoints. So whether we start inside out, jump hooks, layups, finishing, uh, finishing through contact, footwork, uh, pick and roll, pick and pop, passing, um, you know, hand, uh, what you call, uh, handles, uh, catch and shoot, um, and, and, and communication, defense, pick and roll defense. So that's offense and defense. So that, that's what vitamins is. And every, every team basically calls it now, pretty much. Uh, let's go back to, to the start, I guess, of, of the NBA stuff and, and we'll sort of walk through it because it, it's, it is so interesting. And when I was going back and reading some stuff and, and watching some yeah. stuff that, that we've seen uh, right at the start. So you, you're the number 10 pick and yeah. it's, it's kind of an interesting rookie season for you because you're kind of starting, uh, not playing big minutes, yeah. but you also then end up really impacting playoff games in your first season. Yeah. And yeah. it was kind of a roller coaster of not playing a lot, but also then starting, but then having these yeah. moments where everyone could see why uh, you were the type of guy uh, that the Bucks wanted to take at that pick. How do you look back at, I don't know whether it's pressure or how you handled the fact that you were the 10 pick and then being in, in a situation that maybe might've been, might've been difficult at times. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's pressure at all. Like pressure never gets to me. I think um, it, you said it, you know, we when there was a lot of playing, not playing a lot uh, and then playing <laughs> like not playing and then playing. So it was, it was a lot of that back and forth. Like you said, my first real minutes didn't come in until I want to say game 37 uh, of my rookie year. Um, and I remember like I played before all that, it was just garbage minutes. So, which means the last two minutes were whether we're up 20 or down 20, those were my minutes at the beginning of the season. So I went from not playing, you know, meaningful minutes to, you know, in game 37 around there, uh, started playing five minutes. Um, J kid had a plan of, of building me up slowly of playing five minutes. If I did well in the first half with those five minutes, I got five more minutes in the second half. If I didn't, I was done for the night basically. Um, and that just meant like coming back after the game and, and just you know, working out, coming back maybe at 2 a.m. to work out by myself in the gym. But that was the the plan, like five minutes, see what you can do. If it's possible, positive, impactful, we move, we give you another five for the second half. And so it was just a lot of that until towards the end of the season, it started going up to 15 minutes. 
and eventually uh, starting <clears throat> it towards the end started and then, you know, started in the playoffs as well. And, you know, as you can see, I, I was playing well in the playoffs. Like I, I love big moments like that as well. And I had so much energy built up um, from not playing. You know, you, you go from playing, I was playing around between anywhere between 45 to 65 uh, games in high school and to not playing at all when I got uh, drafted. So that was kind of tough. That was the, the toughest thing because you lose rhythm. You lose rhythm, you lose timing, you lose touch, you lose feel. Like game pace is different. You lose your pace um, versus, versus workout pace. So that's kind of, that was kind of like the biggest thing. And then, you know, injuries happen throughout the year and stuff like that the following year. But, yeah. How did you find – Jason, and by the way, I'm not setting you up here. There was all those stories <laughs> through the year, and I saw you tweeted about the 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 Apple, the Android, the Samsung, whatever the whatever the group message oh, story man. that was in the Giannis book. I'm not asking you about that, but Jason, in general, everyone knows, and and you know, you talk to people now, and he has changed a little bit, but he was a hard coach, and like you said, it, nothing came easy. You maybe didn't necessarily know what was going to happen from a night to night basis. How did you how did you find him as the guy that was there your first few seasons? I like Jason. I like Jason as a coach, man. Like the dude is so smart. That's obviously everybody knows that. But like when you see it in, in front of you where he's drawing up a play and he's telling you five steps ahead what is <laughs> going to happen, <laughs> you're just like, damn, okay. As a, as a rookie, you're just like so excited to get out on court to try it and see, you know, what he said is going to come true. And then when you see it come true, you're like, whoa. That, that really just happened. So uh, that was like the biggest thing we all recognized as players, me, Malcolm, and those guys, uh, our early years. And um, and then, you know, the way he talked to us, like he kept on saying that, you know, this game is a lot of it is mental, this and that. And he would test us mentally. He would test us every single day to see how sharp we are, how focused we are, whether we're in the meetings, we're in huddles, uh, in the games, um, you know, we, we in practice. Like he's testing you mentally always like to – try to get more out of you, get more out of you. Like as, as a player, I think that's what he went through. So he kind of like expects everybody to be there mentally as well. So he would push us mentally as well. And uh, I really respected that, man. Like you can tell, you know, just watching from Dallas right now, like some of the guys games have switched based on, you know, how he communicates with them. Yeah. It's kind of similar to what he did with you guys the first year that, uh, what he did with Milwaukee actually before you were there. The first season he was there, the defense went from 25 to two or whatever it was. And it's been kind of similar in Dallas. Uh, yeah. The other playoff series that you legitimately tilted was the Boston series. So, yeah. and this was such a fascinating time because if people are watching your career path, again, the regular season was a roller coaster. Then you get to yeah. the postseason. And you're legitimately changing games. You're having four blocks. You're knocking down threes. You're causing absolute chaos out there. Uh, at, yeah. at that point, what's how are you trying to figure out what is the way that you can either play, be, be a consistent player during the regular season, find those consistent minutes? Because it, it is just really curious, even looking back now, that your best moments were in the in the postseason, which is which is just <laughs> interesting. Yeah, um, in the postseason, you do get more consistent minutes. The coaches narrow down their their, um, their their roster, and I think for me personally, that's where I did. Well, one of the reasons I did well was you know you had um, more minutes consistently, but also it's just a big stage. Like you have to rise above it. Like I know how to rise above it. I've all through high school, I've been carrying weight like with a lot of my 
uh, teams that are played on. Like I've been the best player. And so I have to know how to, you know, make my teammates better, know how to get my teammates scholarships and know how to make them look good, know how to, and know how to look good as well while they're looking good. So it's, it's a, it's a leadership thing. And it kind of helped me out. Like when I got to the league and just being in those big moments, like the big games in my career, the most consistent minutes I've gotten, I've, I've performed well, um, you know, being healthy and everything. And so the biggest thing that year I really want to take back is that I, I had a sprained ankle right before preseason. And so I ended up missing most of the preseason games. And that kind of threw me out of the rotation to begin the season, to begin the season. But I got healthy right before the regular season. Um, but when I missed those preseason games, like because I was starting the previous year uh, towards the end of the year, leading up to that year. And so I really wish I didn't miss that preseason. Um, but again, in the playoffs, there's no stage bigger. You know, I, I like playing for rings and things, you know, that blings. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, I, I like trophies. All right, let's go to the next year. And this was the, this was the trade. So I've, I've never actually yeah. really asked you about this. And uh, outside yeah. of the fact that uh, I show up one day and I no longer can annoy you on a daily basis for an interview because you're in Detroit. So this Bucks team, yeah. this is when they were taking a massive step. So Mike Budenholzer comes in. It's, it's the first season uh, for him. And, yeah. and, and again, you weren't, you were sort of in and out of the rotation. I remember one game specifically, I think it was against Utah. You came in, you had a huge impact. And then it was really yeah. a few weeks later, you were gone. Uh, the reports all said that that your whether it was you, your team wanted more minutes and suggested maybe there was an opportunity elsewhere. How, what from from your point of view, how did all that play out? And is that is that accurate? I think it it led to me. It was the same thing as as I, that was. I'm mistaken. The two years that was the year that I didn't um, that I that I wasn't that I missed the preseason games mm-hmm. that I didn't mm-hmm. play in the preseason games because of that that ankle sprain. So it wasn't the year before. It was that year. Yeah. And uh, so when I got there, it was kind of like, oh, he's out of the rotation type thing, but I'm healthy. So, you know, I was, I was playing throughout the year. Um, I remember me and Ersan used to joke around about the minutes he got. And he was telling me, he was like, listen, man, it's only six minutes. I really want to give you these six minutes. <laughs> he's like, those are the minutes that he's getting. So he was like, I, I, I try to talk to Bud and give you the six minutes because it's not enough for me as well. He's like, I can't do much with these six minutes. So I used to be like, nah, bro, we're winning. Just just stick with it. And, and Bud would tell me the same thing. Keep doing what you're doing. The assistant coaches are um, you know, saying you're doing a great job of staying ready. Keep doing that. And Ersan, I think um, he broke his nose, I remember, right before that Utah game. And uh, so Bud was like, here you go. You, you, uh, Ersan is going to be out tonight. You're going to play. So I said, okay, cool. So played played well that game. Uh, and then we also had the Christmas as well. But mm-hmm. um, so Ersan comes back with a mask on. I go back to the bench as well. And I think that's when we had the joke about the six minutes. And he, um, so that led to that. But me, I was just staying ready. Um, I, was, I was in the coach's year every day, like, what more can I do? What more can I do? I really want to be out there. I really want to be out there because obviously nobody wants to sit out um, during during the season, especially being healthy as well. So uh, I was really on their ears, like let's play, let's play, and they were like, okay, we're winning. It's okay, you know, just trust the process. So I said, okay, cool. So I just kept on going with it. Uh, meanwhile, my agency and everybody was talking to the team and going back and forth, trying to figure out how I can get more minutes. Um, 
you know, if it's possible to get more minutes. And I, I understood at the, at the end of the day, I understood. I didn't really want to pressure anybody to say, Hey, trade me if you don't play me type thing. I was trying to get better each and every single day. And I always leave all the discussions with, between the teams to my agency as well. So when that happened, um, they told me Detroit was, was an option. Uh, there was, there's a few teams, but Detroit was the, the <clears throat> kind of like the clear cut option they, they sought after. And so we ended up going with Detroit. And you did play, you played with the Pistons and we saw you a few months later because you ended up playing Milwaukee <laughs> uh, in, yeah. the, in the playoffs in the first round. So uh, I know you well enough to know, and you've told me this before, you don't, uh, you never, uh, I guess, use the word regret or look back at things with regret. Yeah. And yeah. you can't know what's going to happen in the future. But, you know, unfortunately, the years after, whether it was in Detroit and Cleveland, you played a little bit, but never got back yeah. to, I guess, the, the the heights of the playoffs and, and and those types of things. Is there any part of you that looks back and thinks it, it was frustrating? Maybe you should have stayed with the Milwaukee. You had contract stuff obviously going on in the next few years. How do you look back on it now? Because um, I'm sure for you as a competitor, it hasn't worked out the way you wanted to so far. No, I, I, I don't I don't regret it. I don't regret it at all. Um, that <laughs> I never like to use excuses or, or, you know, I never like to blame other people or, or use excuses, you know, for myself to defend myself. But that playoffs, uh, when we faced Milwaukee, I had, I had just lost my grandma that playoffs, right. Uh, rest in peace or so. And so like throughout the whole playoffs, I'm really like trying to fight, like trying to, trying to gain the energy to just go, trying to find motivation to just go every single game. I'm just trying to go. And it's like, I'm trying to put it in my mind. Like, I don't want to have any excuses. I just want to keep going. I just want to keep going. Blake was hurt and I'm in the starting position. So it was like, man, like it was the toughest. I'm like, it's not, yeah, one of my toughest tested moments in, in terms of basketball, right? And normally like whenever I lose somebody, um, you know, close to me, I, I, I would have, night sessions in the gym, like 2 a.m., nobody in the practice facility, just me, like, I put my music on, I just, you know, just play with the game, just play with the ball, just, just like, imagines a few things, just be a kid again, just enjoy myself when I'm in the gym, but I couldn't do that, this was the playoffs, it was just like, you had to save energy for the games, um, you had to sleep early, you had to try to sleep early, so that playoffs, I remember when Sweeney came to me in the locker room, and uh, Coach Sweeney, one of Sean Sweeney, one of our assistant coaches, and he was like, <clears throat> "No excuses." He would tell me, "No excuses." He would come and he whispered something. He was like, "Like, like he didn't want the whole locker room to hear it." We had just lost game one in Milwaukee. He came to me in the locker room, and he found and he and I had told him uh, what had happened, and so he was just like trying to you know motivate me, just keep keep me going, like give me the energy to keep going. So that that was kind of a really uh, <clears throat> a tough playoff, tough playoff for me, but. I just try to, you know, just mentally like push, push. I remember I couldn't hit a three. Somebody was like, how are you going to feel about the crowd going back to Milwaukee? Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm not worried about the crowd. Like, I love Milwaukee. Like, I'm grateful for what Milwaukee did for me, taking me in as a kid. And so, like, I didn't have anything against anybody. Normally, in that situation, I would use it as fuel. Um, if they boo me, I would use it as fuel. So, I try to do that. And game two, I remember – in transition, I was trying to go for a layup, and I think it was Brooke Lopez I was contesting or something like that. And I stepped one way, rolled my ankle, and 
I think he blocked the shot and on my way down, rolled my other ankle. <laughs> so it was like a double, <laughs> a double roll. So I was like, dang. Um, I just had to, again, double tape, tape extra hard and just play through it. Like I really try to hide it as much as I can, but it showed in my play, like in my poor play. But, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll make up for those one day. I'll yeah, what about... What about those the, the years that followed? Um, because it was challenging, it continued to be challenging, whether it's Detroit or Cleveland. What have, what have you learned about yourself? Because you're still you're still young. Uh, you know, we talked to you and you're like, I'm going to get back there at some point. Um, I think yeah. certainly Australian basketball fans want to see you get back there. So what did you learn right. and why? If you can look into it and say why it didn't work out, whether it's situation uh, or whatever it may be, what? how do you look back at the years that followed? I, the years that followed, um, obviously, COVID played a part in those as well. But health is the biggest thing I learned from that. Um, being healthy, being stronger. Uh, I think I've really done a great job with my body ever since. So I, when I when I was with Cleveland, you know, I fought for a roster spot, made the team. Um, still, you know, had a a few nagging injuries here and there that I was fighting through, but I still made the team and I, I didn't, you know, I didn't uh, <laughs> fold or, or make any excuses. I still played through it. And then when I got waived in the James Harden trade uh, for, for Jared Allen, uh, I could have gotten, I got a few teams that wanted me to come to them and join them. And so me and my agency just kind of talked and it was just like, let's take a year off and just get healthy fully, get healthy like fully heal those ankles, heal everything you you have going on. And I did that. And and then when I ended up going to Jerusalem and then coming back to Long Island, basically. So that was uh that year, last year, basically was the year when I played with Long Island was the most consistent uh, <laughs> I've played and the healthiest I've been all year since obviously my rookie in my second year. And I really like enjoy playing the game like so much more you, you play when you have when you when you have your ability under your control like when you have your body under your control it's, it's so much different versus trying to fight through this and trying to fight through that it's, it's a whole different ball game so i i really uh am proud of myself for like the, the amount of work i put into my body have you changed anything about the way you uh I don't know, treat your body is the right word, but the way you work out, because everyone's known and yeah. you've seen it. And if you're on social media, you guys, all the makers are out there, like maniacs working out three times a day. Is there a, is there, were you working out too hard? Were you doing it the wrong way? Uh, what have you learned about looking after your body to, to obviously now feel like you're in a good position health-wise? Uh, you're right in terms of working out too hard. And it's something I've been trying to work on this summer um, because I sat down with, um capes and and uh also you know matt ricardi with um long island nets and when i sat down with them and their staff at the end of the season they were like tailor back a little bit you know just <laughs> take care of your body you you've gotten you know stronger and stuff like that but like work on the important areas more pace yourself in the in the workouts more when you're coming off to shoot when you're doing when you're running off to shoot you're doing everything like gain pace and more like bring it down a little bit maybe walk back before you go make the next cut um you know <laughs> and it was something that i don't know like i just have that engine that, that just keeps going like we 
it was me, Sweeney, and Giannis used to joke about this, but it was true. Like we used to say, like some people are just made to work. Like our bodies, we we just made to work, and so we used to say that. But it's true. It's like if you take a day or two off, you're gonna feel sluggish. You're gonna feel like I need to work out. So it's hard for me to take days off, but it's something I'm learning to do now. Um, but what, what what I really learned is is in terms of taking care of my body is is lifting the right way playing the game the right way as well and practicing the game the right way. So it's all about being solid right now. We're not, I'm, I'm personally focusing on like last summer, I focused on areas that I'll be used more of corner threes, pick and pop, pick and roll, um, guarding the pick and roll, guarding pick, uh, the switches, guarding the pick and pop and just keeping it as solid as possible. Be as solid as possible. Every time, like you get the urge to want to, break out and do this no just solid play the game the right way it will take care of you so that's 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 been my biggest focus and i guess one of the interesting things for you is when you're talking about those things then whether it's shooting the corner three pick and pop it's like this is big man stuff and i I don't know whether it was difficult for you or an adjustment for you that uh in in, in if you play in the nba or really for g league whoever you're going to be playing as a big man and that's not necessarily the way you've always played the game so it, it feels yeah. like there's a big change there that you you have over the years had to get used to yeah uh well in growing up in australia and also uh in the high school over here it was kind of like we had the international game where we had no position so i basically just played basketball you had to be skilled so that if i were to be put in this position and this player is hurt boom i know exactly how to run the play from here and what he has to do, his responsibility is taking care of the ball, handling the ball, passing the ball, shooting the ball, making the shot. So, like, building the skill set is something that I really enjoy doing. I like developing every skill. So if you each player feels the same way. You don't want to feel like, oh, I can't do this. So this guy's going to be better than me because I can't do this. No, you always want to get better. You always, always want to sharpen your tools, but... One thing I learned is take care of the basics first, you know, rebounding, uh, shot blocking, uh, guarding the pick and roll, running the floor, talking. Talking is a big key as well. People forget, um, you know, and, and keep it as simple as possible. DHOs, ball movement. Now, making a decision quicker instead of, you know, holding the ball, being a, a ball stopper. So stuff like that, it, it's some of the growth that I had to go through, you know, the hard way. But I really I could see it like. I can see the difference. If I watch, um, you know, every now and then I watch some of my games uh, from my rookie year, my second year, and kind of see how I've really gotten better. Like, man, I should have done this. I should have done yeah. that. Why <laughs> am I doing this? <laughs> so I can see the growth. I can see the growth in that. <laughs> I've only got a couple more for you, but when you were going through that year where you said you were you know, trying to reset your body, uh, get healthy, yeah. uh, one yeah. of the things that did happen is the Boomers won a bronze medal. Now you played... For Australia, yeah. we were talking about it, the World Cup qualifiers, um, which I think yeah. everyone remembers because of what happened <laughs> a, a, against the Philippines. But as you're watching yeah. the Boomers, and and I know that you would like to be a part of that, uh, yeah. what are you what are you thinking as you're watching those guys? A lot of those guys you played with, you know, very well, uh, having yeah. that success. Oh man, like I'm, I'm really proud of those guys. Like we we've as a kid growing up watching the Boomers, we always wanted that trophy back we wanted uh, something back like we never wanted them to come back home empty-handed 
And uh, these guys finally did it. They finally broke through and brought, and brought home a bronze. But uh, again, we still want more. Um, but growing up, we used to hear they gave it a go. They gave it a go. You know, I've yeah. said this multiple times and I hated that saying. I really hated that saying because like when I compete, like I want it all. I don't want to just be a part of it and then boom, it's over with. Now we got to fight from scratch again. Now I want us to go like push as hard as you can and bring and bring home the trophy. And I think these guys did it. And um, obviously, like it's it's a uh, it was a very exciting moment. I wanted to be a part of that as well last year. I mean, the year before. Um, but I, I didn't get a chance to do it because I had my workouts as well uh, here with the teams. We had we had uh, Gorge on this show a couple of days ago, and he he was talking about this window next month, and they're in Melbourne. Is this uh, have have you been approached? Is there no chance that you're coming back to play these games? I have been approached. Um, get, gave it a big thought. Spoke with my agency as well. Um, you know, and it's something I do want to do for sure. I want to do it. I haven't been home for a while. Uh, I miss my family. Everybody's back home as well. So I haven't seen them basically since COVID. I haven't been back home. Um, you know, my little brother, my little cousin, when they went back last year, you know, to play with the Kings, I was so jealous with those guys. <laughs> I called yeah. them every day to check in. But um, it's definitely something I want to do for sure. And I'm leaning more towards doing it. Oh, well, we'd love to hear that. That would be great. Hey, uh, like nah, I said, nah, it's... Hey. It, it would be great. I spoke with Delhi uh, yesterday, uh, last night actually, and and uh, he told me he was he was. Uh, I don't know if I'm breaking any news to you guys, but he told me he wants to do it. Um, but yeah, I would love to link up with my guy Delhi again. Well, you two played together in that those qualifiers a, a few years back, but uh, and it'll be challenging. Yeah. Japan and China are going to have good squads uh, by all reports, so that would be uh, a lot of fun. You spoke about your brothers, uh, well, sorry, your cousin and your brother, and you were tweeting about yeah. the Sydney Kings, and uh, this team was unbelievable, yeah. and they obviously won the championship. And I mentioned this to you, Matua obviously didn't get a lot of opportunities. He went through some health stuff. Uh, yeah. But M- MK in particular, and I know he's he's over there right now, and he's preparing as well, and uh, I yeah. think everyone watching him as the next star come in and, and play really seriously meaningful minutes in the playoffs uh, was exciting. Yeah. It was exciting to see. Yeah, no, I, I'm proud of those guys, man. They fought through, like, when they left home in Cali, their goal was to actually win it all. And I remember when we when we were laughing about it, like, if you guys don't win it, you come back, oh, man, you guys, you guys suck. Like, <laughs> you got to make sure you got to stay on those guys. You got to make sure you win it. You got to stay locked in. I remember Matur always Matur always says like this is a tournament it's not a season in a tournament every game counts every game matters like in the AAU tournaments every game matters so you know that that's that's his approach when he went out there and so you see him on the sideline he never took a seat and yeah. MK you know like when he came in um people people like see his demeanor and he's quiet he's a very quiet person but like he cares so much like he's so locked in um, you know, he, he had COVID as well. They both had COVID at the beginning of the season. So they kind of missed some of the preseason games, but when they got going and got on the winning streak, man, it was, it was, it was a joy to watch. MK grew so much, man. Like he's actually taller now when he came back, when he flew back here, he looked way taller than he was before, <laughs> before he went there and, you know, stronger too. He got so much stronger. I keep telling people how strong he is, but now some of the trainers are finding out the hard way when he's doing the drills and, He's driving by a train. He's trying to bump him. You're moving out the way instead of him. So, <laughs> um, you know, it was good to see his growth. 
<laughs> it's a home cooking fun. That's that's what it can do for you. Grow. Thanks, so. uh, get, get, get strong. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, last one I got for you, and this is the. And you already joked to me that I was going to ask you this, but uh, what yeah. what do you think the plan is for you? And, and of course, there's an ideal scenario. I don't know whether you've spoken with with Adam again, but, but what are you trying to do here in the next few months? And what's the what's the plan? Uh, the next few months after, you know, talking with my agency and everybody um, close to me, I think, well, this month leading to the middle of June is basically the workout where I'm trying to figure out, okay, which teams I'm working out for, for vet camps, um, you know, whether I'm playing for the boomers, that's another decision we got to make as well. And I'm leaning more towards doing it. And so, that's one of the things I really want to uh, do. I want to get something out of that. Um, and then July, again, it would be Fed camps if they have some going on as, during that time. Last year, I had uh, two in June uh, and one in July. So trying to do those um, and then, you know, try to figure out if I can get something done out of there. If I don't have anything going on over there, then we've got training camp coming up as well uh, in, in the following months. You know, and find out the right team as well to do a training camp with and then see what happens from there. But my main goal is is to attack each day. I'm not focused on, you know, what happens in terms of what team I'm signing with, uh, you know, when I'm going there and stuff like that. So it's just every single day, you know, I got <laughs> my, my mind right now is literally on my 8.30 p.m. shooting tonight, and that's it. <laughs> I let my agent figure out what, what teams I, you know, will we'll, uh, we'll work out with. <laughs> no, well, I appreciate it, mate. I told you this. I've been uh, asking you for a long time if we could uh, sit down and do this. I always appreciate your time, and uh, hopefully see you in a few yeah. weeks here in Melbourne. Yeah, hey, man, I hope it works out for sure. I do want to do this. I do want to do this for sure, man, and now. If it happens, I'll definitely see you out there and it'll be a fun time, man. Trust me. And I appreciate you, Kane, for, for real. Like you, you stayed positive with me throughout my career. And I really appreciate that, man. Oh, yeah, one more thing, Kane. So uh, my sister and I made this app uh, called the Bread app, right? And it's it's not fully released. Right now it's ready for pre-order and people are are downloading it and uh, you know, waiting for it to be fully released. It was supposed to be released uh, the middle of this month but she moved it back to middle of next month. But if, if we don't release it, I just want people to be you know ready for it. But when they do get it, this app is going to change a lot of things because it's, it's a, uh, it's called bread and, and it's, it's for brands and influencers to collaborate. So, you know, how people give each other shout outs on social media. Some people do it for money. Some people don't do it for money. This one gives you a list of different ways you can do it for You can do it for money. You can do it for, uh, per post you can do it for multiple posts um and you know it, everything is laid out in the app and it's just like your daily instagram basically as well like you have your posts you can post about your posts you can brag about it um but <laughs> it's, it's 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 a lot it's a big app um she hasn't fully released it but it'll be out soon it's called bread app people can go download it and people can get uh thon maker shout outs is that what you're saying is that what you can do hey that works too. That works. I, I don't charge much. <laughs> I don't charge much. I, re- I rarely post anything, but what I post is something important. <laughs> Bread app. We'll check that out over the next couple of months um, for sure. Yes, uh, Thon, you're the best. Appreciate you. Take care. Thank you. Thanks for your time. I'm Kate. Thank you. You too.